Hi guys, it's Kara, host of Everyone's Business But Mine. And let's be real, one thing that makes the show possible is by selling sponsorships to advertisers. One way you can support us in getting more sponsors is by telling us a little bit more about yourself. You can do that by filling out a quick survey at the link in the show description. Plus, your answers are anonymous. They'll help us learn what you love most about the show and how to make it even better. The questions will ask you about the things that help advertisers understand the audience. It'll only take a few minutes, and it's an easy way to help the show. So you can find the link in the show description. Thank you so much, and stay tuned for the rest of the show. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. On November 27th of 2017, the world was shocked to discover that Prince Henry Charles Albert David, commonly known as Prince Harry, was engaged to an American actress, Meghan Markle, a woman who by all accounts was the least expected choice because of her age, race, and previous marriage. Since then, the couple, mostly Meghan, has gone on to receive a slew of criticism from her relationships with sister-in-law Kate to her attitude. On January 8th, the couple announced that they would be taking a step back from their roles as senior members of the royal family and work to become financially independent. With me to discuss the shocking story is UK correspondent, fashion icon, and Kylie Minogue scholar, Jasmine Shorter. Jasmine, before we get started, I have to ask if my English accent falls under the spectrum of Madonna after her marriage to Guy Ritchie, Dorit from The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, or an actual British person. Well, you say that. I was actually a little confused then because I thought, oh, that sounds like Cara, but also it's British. Like at first I thought you'd recorded some sort of like news item, like genuinely. <laughs> so I think that was pretty impressive. You weren't quite at Madonna levels or Dorit. Oh, well, thank you. I'm, I That's really all I've ever wanted to hear in life. Well, you know, very impressed. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much for coming on. Um, I think you offer a good perspective for Americans to like, let us know what the temperature in the room is in England right now. Yeah, Um, I I think it's a bit of a mixed bag here. Like you do see some terrible things left, right and center, people just coming out of all sorts of rubbish. I just have really strong opinions about like, I'm just a massive fan. Like one thing I decided last night is that they're no longer Harry and Meghan to me, I'm going to start calling them Meghan and Harry. That's how strongly I feel. I love that. Um, so first of all, I want to ask you, when you were growing up, were you more of a Harry or were you a William girl? I was always more of a Harry girl. 
And there is actually a little bit of a family connection there because I think it was Harry's girlfriend, Chelsea Davy, when he was going out with her, went to a boarding school in my hometown. And at one time, my sister was in one of our local pubs and who turned up in the local pub but Chelsea and Harry. And um, he actually borrowed her lighter, then never gave it back. So, I mean... (laughs) that was it we were absolutely swung in our family you know team harry you know running joke about how my sister could have been in meg's shoes um (laughs) i mean harry's just much more impressive i think william's just always so dull i think if you're in line to be you know your your whole purpose in life is that you've been raised to be the king of england you just don't have as much leeway do you so yeah Yeah. he's just more straight laced i've always been more of a harry kind of girl Interesting, because like, unfortunately, my first real, you know, memories of them were from their mom's funeral. So like, I just remember like William being like, I feel like he's so cute to me. And I did not see the vision with Harry, but I get it now. No, I just never was particularly impressed by William. I never, he was never my cup of tea. Just always found mm-hmm. him a bit boring. Whereas yeah. Harry always had a bit of a, a wild side. Right. Um, I mean, I know for a fact, a good friend of mine that I used to work with, um, she is a lot posher than I am and um, she just would move in those sorts of circles and mm. she told me a story once that she got seated at a dinner party next to Harry and it was some sort of fancy dress I can't remember the exact theme of it but anyway he had this like ornamental like sword as part of his costume and um, mm. as he said to her I think he'd stolen it from Windsor Castle or borrowed it he'd obviously got security or whatever to help him out but he was saying to my friend oh I'm going to be in so much trouble if my nan finds out <laughs> which is just you know hearing little <laughs> stories like that means that's my kind of guy yeah yeah no that's really that's so cute and I wonder like how accessible they are I mean I guess more hairy like I guess if you are like pretty posh you must see him pretty often and it's like not that big a deal yeah, I mean, you know, there's just two little snippets there. So it's kind of, yeah. I personally have never seen Harry, but sort of hearing those sort of personal little anecdotes of, um, you know, I mean, he was just in like a, I mean, it was quite a posh pub back home. It's not like he was in a Weatherspoons, um, right. which you probably don't even know what that means, do you, in America? <laughs> but that would be sort of a very sort of working class, like very cheap pub. Right, so right, right. An upmarket one. But, you know, he was just in there, just like a regular punter. He had the baseball cap on, I remember my sister saying, and he clearly had security with him, but it wasn't obvious. But mm. he was just in there apparently drinking tequila. So, you know. Um, my kind of guy. Yeah. <laughs> so what do you think, like, what are the percentage of people that genuinely dislike Megan in the UK? Because it seems like from here, it seems like a lot. The interesting thing was I was reading a YouGov poll earlier, which is sort of, it's like, do you have YouGov in America? Is that a British thing? I'm not sure. It's British thing. It's kind of a government run. They would run sort of polling, you know, particularly if it's like election time and stuff. They would do polling and all sorts. And I was reading a poll yesterday, which surprised me. I mean, I don't read tabloid newspapers, but if I was at my mum's house, you'd see them in the shops and you'd see all the headlines. It's all absolute garbage on them. Um, So you would assume from seeing those sorts of things that she's massively unpopular. But mm-hmm. from the, the statistics I saw yesterday, it said that 45% of people support Megan. And I think it was 20-something percent of people actively dislike Megan. And it was, I think, the other percentage, it was 20-something were neutral and a very small percentage didn't know who she was, which oh, is thing. <laughs> not everyone can be as intelligent as you and I, Cara. <laughs> 
that's interesting. Okay, here's another question that I've always wondered. Um, do you think that it's fair to say that Meghan was as calculated in marrying Harry as Kate was with William? Because I always got the impression that, like, Kate did basically everything she could possibly do to, like, remain in this relationship with William. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I mean, I think people have very short memories. She was known as Weighty Katie at the time, is how she used to be referred to over here. Because she right. literally, you know, was just, like, hanging around, like, waiting. I think they even split up for a while, and she was still hanging around, just obviously waiting um, to get a ring on her finger. So I just think it's laughable that people could say that, um, you know, that, just have such different views of people whereas Megan's always worked she's always supported herself she's had a career you know she's done her own things she obviously knew herself you just do know yourself better when you're in your 30s and you've had life experience to if you you know latched on to your boyfriend from university and then just determined to sort of make that your life so exactly. to me it's just a no-brainer that someone I mean that's the other thing as well like we don't actually know these people all we can go on is sort of anecdotal stories what we see out there in the press so it's just for people to come to such strong views when we don't actually know these people is absolutely insane to me to me we can only you can only really go on facts and the facts to me make it very clear that I just don't see Megan as that sort of person I don't see her as a gold digger like she has her own money very successful career so why would she need to be latching on to somebody I'm sure she could have made a lot more money as an actress I mean obviously you'd get to live in the sort of palaces and stuff I guess you wouldn't get to do that if you were right. an but yeah you know, but it's like on the same career. on the same note it's like do you guys think that Harry's stupid like he should know more than anybody who is you know like sincere or not yeah absolutely and again sort of William's only really um you know his only sort of public serious girlfriend that I'm aware of is was Kate was Harry's had several long-term relationships, you know, he, you know, has more experience in that area. So I think, of course, he knows his own mind. Like, he just seems like the sort of person that, um, you know, has always sort of stood up for himself and what he's passionate about rather than just towing the line. So, I mean, what, who are we to, like, judge and think that we know better than he does? I think it's ridiculous. Right. Yeah, I agree. Totally agree. Um, so a lot of people reacting, I think, in American Twitter and maybe British Twitter too. You you um, recently went viral for a, um, a, <laughs> a tweet about um, what you've seen in like Lady Diana Facebook groups. Um, yeah. yeah. Do you think that this is sort of like Diana's revenge? I don't know. I suppose in a way, I mean, it does really fascinate me. I mean, the whole thing about Princess Diana is just absolutely mad, even now, all these years on. Over Christmas, the film The Queen was on television, and my mum and I were watching it, just reminiscing about those times. It was just absolutely insane that that happened and that was a thing. Um, but I think that she was such a massive influence on her son's lives, and she had a very certain idea in mind of how she wanted them to be raised that right. wasn't in line with sort of royal tradition and, you know, uh, taking them to meet sort of people suffering with AIDS. I mean, that was massively shocking in the early 90s. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, just her living her best life. So I think that definitely that has had an influence. And it certainly, I think, sort of the aftermath, it was such a huge thing. Um, you know, I think that's probably as close as we ever came to sort of, in my lifetime, to a crisis of our monarchy. Um, back right. after Diana's death and sort of all that that sort of threw up. Um, that yeah I think that it has to have an influence and 
Um, so absolutely, I think that that is it. I think if she were alive today, she would be really proud of how her son has turned out that he is able to make stand up for himself and not just toe the line and follow his heart. I mean, who wouldn't be pleased with that as a parent? Yes, I agree. Um, yeah, yeah. And I think, do you think that this is like going to be a good choice for the royal family overall? Like, do you think that people are going to get over it? Like, is this like a huge deal because he's think, not William? Yeah, I mean, I think that people are making a bigger deal out of it than what it is. I mean, people have worked in the royal family before. They are not the first people to do this. I mean, even amongst the Queen's children, I mean, uh, how they sort of have all the different sort of pockets of the Queen's children that have had different ways in which they have chosen to raise their children. For example, right. none of Princess Anne's kids have ever had royal titles. She decided that she didn't want that. She didn't want them to be princesses and a uh, prince and princess. So, I mean, they are just regular people. Again, sort of, they live in my hometown. So they would be often seen sort of shopping and, you know, in um, arcades and stuff. So it's just, they were never raised with royal titles. They have always worked. They've always supported themselves. I mean, Princess Anne and her daughter Zara both um, competed in the Olympics. And, you know, mm. so there have been different ways paths that the royals have gone down. I mean, both Princess Beatrix and Eugenie, I mean, they both work for a living, even though they have royal titles. So right. why should it be so different for Harry? Like, that's how he chooses to live his life. And it seems that he's determined that he wants to strike a balance from what they've said thus far between respecting tradition and also sort of having their own pathway so I don't see what's wrong with that people moan if they are seen as like a drain on our resources and they aren't sort of contributing and then they moan if they try and do something different I think you know you can't have it always yeah I agree because I, I just read an article before this that said like obviously you know, in their effort to, like, you know, like, becoming financially independent is not going to be difficult for them. No. Like, people are going to throw money at them to, like, do speaking and all, but then they also raise a point of, like, well, should they be doing that? Because basically they're kind of, like, taking their roles as royals and, like, you know, capitalizing off of that in a different way. And it's like, well, what do you guys want? <laughs> yeah. What do you want to do? <laughs> I mean, it seems to me that, because I was going through when they announced their website last week, I mean, that was a huge thing. I think a lot of us Brits never really, it's quite unclear sort of how the royal family is actually funded. And that's the first time that graphic, I don't know if anyone else has seen it on their website, when you click on the funding tab. And it's so clear, like explaining at the moment how they get the funding and how it all works and um, how they are sort of hoping that it's sort of going to work going forward. So, I mean, I just think they're being really transparent and all over their website, it makes it very clear about the differences between sort of them working with charities and also them being patrons of charities. Um, and obviously yeah. how it works is there are sort of royal patrons for most of our charities here in the UK. They sort of have a royal stamp of approval. So they right. already work as patrons with charities that they have an interest in. For example, like Megan was sort of past um, uh, the National Theatre um, which was one that the Queen had looked after for many years, because obviously the Queen, as she's ageing, has been sort of passing them down to her descendants. So, I mean, they have one that they have a real interest in, and it's clear on that they have no intention they're going to fulfil all their requirements and continue sort of helping out with all of that. Whereas also, it sounds as well, they're going to be starting up some kind of their own charitable endeavour, but it's not mm -hmm. too clear exactly how that will work yet. Right. Um, yeah, so um, I don't think that it's going to be... A massive issue I don't really see it as a conflict of interest I just see it as a 
interesting way um, of, you know, shaking the monarchy into the, the new century. Yeah, I agree. I fully agree. Um, so I asked you this personally a few months ago, but I want to circle back. Like, where are you landing on William having cheated on Kate recently? Do we so think this that's is an cool? interesting one, because how the press works over here is that really hasn't been reported in our media over here. Right. Um, that we have some of the strictest like libel rules in the world. So right. I know that if you were, for example, like my sister is from New Zealand. So if I speak to her relatives about sort of the press that they get over there and what's in all their magazines, it's absolutely insane. And again, sort of I lived in America for a while and sort of seeing what you would have in your sort of National Enquirer and all of these types of magazines, it just wouldn't happen over here because you would okay. be sued. Um, so honestly, it's not really made. It's only been sort of rumblings. I've really only seen about that on Twitter, which does always make you think sort of what's the validity of this? Is it just rumours? So right. I'm really not not sure. I mean, nobody actually knows, do they? It is all rumours. But I mean, it wouldn't surprise me. Um, because yeah, it's just, talking... that's how the rules have always operated. <laughs> Well, right. I, that's what I was talking to somebody, maybe it was my mom or somebody, and they were saying, like, you know, considering what his father did, you think he would be a little bit cleaner. I'm like, but we don't play by the same rules. Like, I'm sure that's a very common thing. And like, it's really not that big a deal. Yeah, I mean, like, it, it, traditionally, the royal family have always like the male members have always taken mistresses, you know, Henry VIII. I mean, he married most of them. <laughs> it's kind of how we've, we've always operated. Um, yeah. but I really get a sense, and I don't know if this is just me projecting my own feelings onto it, like who knows, because no one actually knows the truth, is that it seems that Harry being younger, I think he was probably affected by his parents' divorce and sort of the cheating and stuff probably more than his older brother is the vibe that I would get. Um, right. And it seems like I know for me personally, like my parents went through a similar thing and then it's made my feelings towards that sort of behaviour. I, I just see it as such a negative thing. Like, um, you know, it's just a no-go area for me. So right. I wouldn't be surprised, say, if William had been involved in that sort of scandal and Harry was aware of it. Um, you know, if that were my sibling, I would be really pissed off with them and it would make me want to distance myself from them because it wouldn't fit with my moral compass. Um, but again, who knows? I think everyone is guilty of just projecting their own feelings onto something because I don't think we'll ever know like the full dynamics of what the royal family think and what their motivations are. It's all sort of based on rumour and um, what they want, you know, little snippets that are put out there that they want us to see and damage control. And, you know, I mean, I suppose the, the interesting thing recently for me was the whole princess, prince, princess, prince Andrew debacle. I mean, right. that television interview, what an absolute car crash. But it's sort of, to me, it's like I've never seen anything like that in recent years where a senior member of the royal family has just had like a, you know, such a no holds barred sort of interview on sort of mm -hmm. uh, mainstream television. I mean, you know, back in the 90s, we had sort of Princess Diana. She was no longer a member of the royal family when she did all of these panorama interviews and um, you know, was able, then she was free to like give her thoughts. But I can't think of another example where an actual member of the royal family has like been that open about things. And obviously it didn't work out well. It was an absolute car crash and made things worse. Right. So yeah, I mean, it, it is difficult to, to really know the motivations of people like that when they are so private. But it's interesting, like with the Prince Andrew and Jeffrey Epstein stuff, like it didn't really, I didn't really get the impression that the royals were like, 
being as serious about it as maybe they should be? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah, to me, it's like absolutely abhorrent. And the fact that poor Megan gets all of this abuse and Twitter trolling and all this terrible stuff you see, when bearing in mind he has been affiliating himself with actual paedophiles, like it doesn't get lower than that. And it's kind of, what has she actually done? She hasn't done anything. Like, I don't think you can see it. I mean, I'm not a person of colour, so I don't think that I can speak on behalf of, uh, you know, people who aren't myself. But to me, it just seems like what other reason is there apart from racism and fear of the unknown? I think that she gets so much flack and that must be the reason for it. I can't see any other reason. People say, oh, I think she's manipulative. Um, I don't, um, you know, she seems shady to me. I think that, you know, she was so quick to like split up her own family and now she's splitting up his family. It's just absolute madness. Yeah, I mean, there definitely seems to be like a racial element to it. Do you also think it's like that she's American too? Um, I mean, we haven't had that many Americans in our royal family. Um, yeah. tend to be sort of marrying into European countries, if anywhere. I mean, obviously, I think the last example I can think of would be, obviously, which didn't go so well, um, was Edward and Mrs. Simpson. Obviously, he had to, um, became the the Duke of Windsor um, oh, right. had to abdicate the throne over it. There was such a yeah. scandal. A, she was a divorcee. Um, and at the time, you couldn't be the monarch and be married to a divorcee. It just wasn't feasible. Because don't forget as well here, it's not just you're the head of state if you're the king or the queen. You're also head of the Church of England. And that's where a lot of the issues come in. Again, that you know goes back to Henry VIII. It was his fault. And he just decided to set up his own church that he could split from Catholicism so he could marry his second wife. The whole thing is quite nuts if you think about it. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, that's the only other example. I know there were a few comments in the press and stuff around the time of their engagement being, you know, because obviously Megan is a divorcee as well. And it's kind of some of the comments they were saying, oh, how things have changed, you know, marrying for love. And, you know, that wouldn't have happened 50 years ago. Right. Um, but to me, it's just it's the modern world, isn't it? Like, yeah, it's kind of expected. Diana was so young when she married Prince Charles, like. I believe that she was a virgin from what you read. And that was the thing that was seen, you know, if you're a princess and you're marrying, you know, a prince, that's the expectation. But society has moved on so much. Like, that's just never going to happen in this day and age. Right. Mm. Well, this is very fascinating. I just have one last question for you. Cool. Um, What year did Prince Philip die? And when are you guys going to finally admit that he's just walking around here dead? (laughs) Um... I'm not sure, like, I, yeah, it's impossible to say, isn't it? He does seem to be aging more and more, though. So if he is, like, a walking corpse, what are they doing? Is it a waxwork? Are they adding more wrinkles each year? Is it a robot? I really don't know. <laughs> I am fascinated. Every time I see a picture of him, I'm like, wow, what is going on? Yeah, I mean, he does look so haggard. I mean, someone <laughs> follow on Twitter, like, put him through. Is it face? That, what's that face app that you can oh, yeah, yeah. young or old on it and they put him through that to look like a teenager yeah. and that was making me laugh for about 20 minutes because it just it looks so, so ridiculous you know the picture <laughs> of him slumped in the car coming out of hospital <laughs> right <laughs> that was really really funny I saw that too yeah. uh, well thank you so much for coming on here um, do you want to tell people where you they can find you 
Yeah, sure. So um, my handle on most of my social media accounts is at Lady Jasmana. Um, but also, if you are interested in Cavalier King Charles Spaniels, I do run yes. a very popular um, young man called Rocky da Costa. And you can find him on Rocky underscore da underscore Costa. He's so cute. He is an absolute angel. <laughs> well, thank you so much. Enjoy the Masked Singer, and I will talk to you soon. Yeah, I mean, it's all new. You've had that in America for ages, haven't you? So, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's only week two here, so looking forward to that. Oh. Um, yeah, thank you very much for letting me share my opinions on the royal families. And if you ever need any more insights from the world of Britain, please contact me. Absolutely. You'll be the first one I talk to. <laughs> Bye, girl. <laughs> because the Liz Lemon Party is mandatory. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of... Oh, my God, I almost said real <laughs> Another episode of... What is the name of the podcast? Everyone's Business But Mine with Kara Berry. I'm Kara Berry. I'm so stupid. What's happening today? You know what? I know what the problem is. I have been rocked by the news of Grimes being pregnant with Elon Musk's baby. I don't know why... <laughs> I'm so invested in this. I don't really listen to Grimes' music. It's fine. I don't hate her. Um, I don't have a Tesla. I certainly don't care about Elon Musk. Um, and I always have a problem. Like, I think that Grimes is, like, 12, even though she's, like, 32 or something. Like, she, we're very close in age. Um, but anyway, I find this pairing to be so jarring to my personal psyche and, like, everything that I know to be true. And to find out, like, that he that either of them have genitals and that they like have used them in a way that's been able to procreate. Like I know that, that Elon has like 7,000 children already, but it just, uh, uh, you know, <laughs> some people we just think of as eunuchs, you know, like, and I just have a hard time conceptualizing, like, <laughs> I was going to say something very gross. I just, you know where I'm going with this. I, I don't know. Do we think this is a joke? Like, cause she keeps posting pictures of, herself in various states of like pregnancy so I don't know but yeah so that that's what's really been jarring me today and this week how are you guys are we feeling good I feel like we're off to a start <laughs> try to keep politics off the ship no I don't I just don't really talk about it but you know we're we're in a pickle we're in a real pickle right now. <laughs> and so I'm hoping that this podcast is a little bit of a respite for you. Um, I'm going to be doing a love after lockup recap right after that. And also I have two great guests. I have Riley who came on to talk about married at first sight and Jasmine to talk to me about hashtag Megxit, um, Megan and Harry officially, um, trying to step back from their Royal duties. So I hope you guys enjoy this and yeah, I will catch <laughs> Every time I say I'll catch you on the flip side, I don't do this on purpose, you guys. I really don't. I don't know why it comes to my brain. I literally never say it. Anyway, I'll see you at the end. Okay? All right, y'all. We're at episode two of Love After Lockup, and not too much happened. So I think this is going to be a pretty quick recap. Um, the episode begins with Angela, who is smoking on the porch, as she's wont to do amongst a pile of Tony's burned up prison letters and random articles of like clothes that he's 
left behind strewn about. There's like a, a solo um, off-brand Timberland and some, you know, white t-shirts from his day at the correctional facility. So there's that. Um, Sister Donna Faye comes up and she clocks the situation immediately. Donna Faye is really my bitch. She goes up, she goes, let me guess. He's cheating, bitcha. <laughs> and you know what? He was cheating. Um, Angela's nervous that Tony's going to come back because he is paroled at her house. So he legally kind of has to stay there. Um, and she tells him that he basically has until sundown to come get his stuff or she was going to be lighting the bick once again and torsing the rest of his stuff. Um, she was true to her word. It's now after dark, <laughs> the fire's rolling <laughs> And, um, Tony pulls up on the motorcycle that she bought him and I noticed that he didn't get too close lest she knock it over into the pile that's already going. Um, they, they're like standing next to the fire and the glow of the fire against their gnarled faces just really makes things sinister. Tony has this like, he kind of has like a higher pitch voice for a man, but then he also does this like baby voice when he knows he's caught and he needs to like tell Angela that he loves her in order to get her to do whatever it is that she needs. Um, so he's just like, I promise to get help. You know, I just, I just didn't know what I was getting up to. I have a real problem. Oh my gosh. She goes on and on about how deceitful he is. And he goes, well, let's just agree to work on things. <laughs> like, Sarah, that's not what she said. She said that you're a liar over and over and she can't trust you. And she knows you're going to lie again. That doesn't mean we're going to work things out. <laughs> that doesn't mean anything is on the table. Um, how is Angela a mental? This gets me every time. And I know that sometimes people say that like, oh, they're the, the craziest ones. But I, it is beyond me how... Angela is a mental health therapist and yet she continues to be conned by him. I I'm shocked. Ugh. All right, next couple is Marcelino and Brittany. And like I said last week, Marcelino and Brittany are the Chelsea and Cole of Love After Lockup. And by that, I mostly mean that they're boring. <laughs> um, Brittany is just concerned about... The fact that they have a baby on the way and how they're going to be able to make it financially. Um, Marcelino is a, what is he? He, he plays poker. Um, and so, you know, obviously when you're a gambler, the money isn't exactly steady. And Brittany, because she doesn't have like a high school education and she's basically been in and out of jail, she can't get a job. She says that like as soon as people even know her story, that they're like frightened of her. And yeah, it's it's pretty sad. So she tells him that he needs to consider getting a um, job that, you know, has more stability. Marcelino, oh, they also owe, by the way, $30,000 in attorney's fees because last season they got in a fight with um, Brittany's baby daddy over custody of baby Giovanni. Now, would I punch somebody in the face for that child? Yeah, because he's an angel. That being said, they're in a lot of financial trouble right now. Um, also, yeah, so there's all that. <laughs> I think it's worth noting that um, Brittany's Chiron for her is <laughs> mom slash student slash conspiracy to commit burglary. <laughs> 
Um, she is also on parole still. Um, so Marcelino goes to a recruiter and this dude shut him down immediately. Now Marcelino was talking cash shit because he said, you know, he's got a lot of life experience. He talks about his life as a model and how he was in videos. Um, he was in the Missy Elliott video for Work It and he used to be a model for, oh my gosh, I think it was like Tommy Hilfiger. Like it wasn't, um, oh no, maybe it was, um, oh my gosh, um, Rock Aware or FUBU or something like that. Um, so yeah, I mean, like he did a couple things here and there, but like, you know, I don't know how you expect to get a job in administration off of a Missy Elliott video, but I guess he's not ever going to find out. Well, I guess he did find out and the answer was he isn't because the recruiter was like, um, Oh, it's also, you should say that Marcelino was in the military and he did say that he has a um, master's degree. So he has a degrees in like Latin studies and public administration, whatever that term is. And <laughs> recruiter's like, I, you sound like you want to play poker and I think you should just stick to that. Like, And then he says in a talking head, that Marcelino <laughs> has an overinflated, overinflated sense of value. <laughs> Could you imagine somebody saying that about you? Oof, my God. Um, then he goes after that. Marcelino's like, yeah, I think I got a lot of insight. And then he tells, he calls Brittany in the parking lot and tells her that things went really well and that he's like going to talk to her all about it when he gets home. I don't know what he thought, but... It didn't seem like it went that well to me. I don't know. Um, Shane and Lacey, they have just moved into their new home. He's still got his cup of like whatever the four loco version of a mango Rita is. And they're, you know, doing, giving us a little tour of the house and all the memories they plan on making. And by that, I mean, um, they go into the shower and Shane bends her over and talks about all the positions he's going to put her in. So... You know, if you guys are subscribed to their OnlyFans account, that's something for you to look forward to. Um, life is good. <laughs> the kids and her father come over to check out the house and she takes her dad outside to smoke a cigarette and tell her about, tell him about John and how he had been texting and how now his phone's off. Now her father, John, is like you got to quit this shit basically. And, um, tells her that she needs to talk to Shane about this and be honest. Now, while this is happening, Shane is inside and he, you know, Lacey's phone is blowing up and he sees a conversation between Lacey and her friend, the friend that she had talked to last, uh, episode ago, who told her to also leave the situation alone. So he flips out they're, you know, they've both got a Bud Light in their hand and a cigarette in the other and <clears throat> things, things take a turn for the worse. But I, I'm on Shane's side here. Shane says, you know, I'm not jealous. She first says that he's jealous. He's like, I'm not jealous because if I would be, if I was jealous, I would be jealous about something I don't have, but we are married. And because we are married, you need to stop having this guy in your life. He said, I already told you that he does not need to be a part of our lives. And she starts to call him controlling, but I think like, it's completely fair. <laughs> it's completely fair to say you have to stop texting this guy who is manipulative and a drug abuser and, you know, somebody that you're not with when you're married. 
sorry, I don't think that makes you controlling. And I think he also said, like, he clocks her and says, like, I think you just like to have these people around for drama. And I agree. Shane might be 21 and has spent basically his college years in jail, but he's got street smarts. And he knows a fool when he sees one. Um, next we have Megan and Michael. Michael stops by to surprise Megan and her father with a meeting. Um, Megan's dad is like a big tough dude. He obviously doesn't trust Michael and why would he? Um, he asks how old, um, Michael's last baby is and she's four months. And then he goes, oh, and so how long have you been with Megan? And Megan goes, um, I think we've been together like three years. <laughs> so it's like, okay, so that's horrible. <laughs> um, also Michael has a Kabbalah string around his, uh, wrist <laughs> it's a couple of bracelet with one of those like greek you know like keep your third eye open things oh my gosh she's so funny um then we go to sarah and sarah's with her friend emmy who i, I mean she's been on this whole time as like sarah's friend and sidekick and i not at any point have known her name until then i have been calling her crossfit katy perry and if you look at a picture of emmy you'll know that i'm right um, so Sarah is pissed. They're about to go for a night out and I feel like Emmy might have a crush on Sarah because at one point she says like, Michael is such a burden like to Sarah and her life and her kids and also to like me, like, why is he a burden to you? <laughs> Cause he really shouldn't be. And if he is, then you guys need to have some questions about boundaries. Um, so Sarah's livid because she is been paying for Michael's phone and he's been using it to call several different women in different states and she also has his bank records because they're sent to her home and the bank records show a whole list of um, cash app transactions to Michael from that month. He had made almost $1,200 off of money that was given to him not only from Megan, but there was a name, uh, Maria, who had sent several, a lot of money and another lady. So Sarah is pissed. Um, and I don't even think, well, I hate to say that. I mean, I know a lot of this is that she's mad because he's not being, uh, attentive to their children, but a lot of it, you know, is I think a, probably a bit of an ego of like, he's got these other chicks, but she decides to fight dirty and says, I'm going to turn his phone off. But she also says she wants to manipulate the manipulator. So I think maybe she decides to like kind of lay low and like really get him at the end. And I'm here for it. And so that was really the end of that. I mean, Michael and Megan go line dancing at one point and it was just really ridiculous. Like, Michael line dancing in, in his J's. It's just a sight to behold. Um, so the last couple we have are Lamar and Andrea, my golden couple. Lamar, we see him for the first time. He's got a cell phone camera telling us that he's officially off parole. He shows us his papers. And then we see him in the studio with his brother, Dulo. He's feeling really happy about life. Um, unfortunately, his brother had just gotten shot. And even though he had gotten shot at seven times, he had only gotten hit one time and it was only in his foot. So thank God. But Lamar says that it, this is like another reason for Andrea to think that like LA is not safe 
and she doesn't want to move back. So the whole storyline between Andrea and Lamar this year is going to be whether or not, you know, how they can make it work. Is someone going to move to LA or is he going to move to Utah? We'll see. Um, so he calls Andrea on FaceTime and she's being a little bit standoffish, but he says that he wants to come to visit the kids. He hasn't seen them in two months. He says that he and Andrea don't really talk that much, but he really misses his family. And then, so he, (laughs) I, the part of the reason why I love Andrea is that she pretends like she has it all together, but then we always find out like we do on all of these reality shows that the kids are the ones that are actually smart and intelligent and in making like wise and informed decisions and these parents are just like flailing and being stupid um no more is this evident than with andrea and her children um (laughs) her son tennyson is um um he looks like he likes to read books a lot he looks like he's really into like dragon ball z um you know that kind of guy they're making signs for Lamar at the air for the airport like welcome back signs and he's like um what are we what is the reason we're uh doing this (laughs) I'm really bad at impressions but that is actually a really good Tennyson impression (laughs) um so Andrea says she first she starts to ask Tennyson if he can if Lamar can share a room with him and he's like uh, why would he be doing that? You're the one who's married to him. Why doesn't you share a room with him? And then she starts making up the couch and says that they're only partially married. And Tennyson was like, what does that mean? <laughs> and I think we'd all like to know. Um, so they're also, Andrea says that while Lamar is in town, that they plan on telling um, all the kids that Priscilla is Lamar's biological child. Um, then there really wasn't too much the only thing that ended is that they as they're walking out of the airport um they see a group of mormon guys about to go on a mission trip and andrea starts to talk to them and say like oh my son's about to go on his mission trip because it's i guess it's like a standard thing when they turn like 18 or whatever they go on these like full-on mission trips to different countries um Andrea's feeling very hopeful. She says, you know what? I think that Lamar seeing all these Mormon boys really like made it all better. And I think this is a sign. So Andrea, who lives in Utah, somehow thinks it's a sign that she saw a bunch of Mormons in Utah traveling at the airport. How is that a sign? It's not like you saw... Not like you guys were in LA and you saw the Mormon recruits there. <laughs> they're at the airport. Of course they're traveling, girl. And of course you're going to see Mormons. You're in Utah. <laughs> well, that was the end of that. I mean, I hope things pick up. We're supposed to get a few other um, couples from past seasons to show up. I'm really ready for my um, motherfucking crack, Clinton Tracy, to come back Um they're really going to be a lot of mess. And I'm kind of surprised that we haven't seen more of them. But anyway, on to my very special interviews. Um, we're going to start with my interview with Riley about Married at First Sight. And then I will go into the interview with Jasmine about Megan and Harry. You guys, Married at First Sight is back with a vengeance. There are now five couples. We're going to do two hour episodes every week. It's exhausting, but I'm here for it. <laughs> with me is Riley. Hi. Hi. 
Hello, how are you? I'm good. I'm so excited to talk about Married at First Sight with you officially on the pod. New year, new season, new couples. I'm ready five, for it. five couples. Five couples. I, I mean, I'm, I'm exhausted already. It's insane. <laughs> this is the biggest uh, amount, the most amount of couples I've ever had. I don't know how the experts are even going to be able to. It's because they don't do anything. That's how they can manage all the couples. Because the experts really, don't like, really do anything. <laughs> we're already two episodes slash four hours in, and we still have not seen all the couples, but I just feel like we should talk about them. Yes. Um, to, I'm going to start you off. So, like, you're a married lady. Yes. Happily married. You're, like, kind of in the wedding industry in a way, right? Yeah, I do custom wedding invitations. Yes, so this is kind of right up your alley. Oh, yeah, I love this shit. So, um, I... Um, yeah, go ahead. I was just going to say, um, I think if I wasn't married, like, I I am the type of person that probably would go unmarried at first sight because I love love. And I, I believe, even though I know the show is, you know, what it is, I believe in them and I want all the couples to, in the end, find happiness and true love and so the show is um hilarious and sad and so many things but I I'm always like rooting for them um absolutely that was the first question for you is would you rather do I asked princess the same question married at first sight love after lockup or 90 day fiance I have a feeling love after lockup is not up your street (laughs) (laughs) no not quite my uh my cup of tea I definitely would do married at first sight Okay. Um, yeah. I just think, I think in, in the show, you have to be super vulnerable and open. And yeah. I always, um, like, as they're doing the interviews with the people and they're talking to their family and friends, you, you can tell, like, if the person is going to be a good fit for the show. And there have been people on the show in the past that just suck at this. Yes. And I think we've seen that, like, even... You would think, like, I haven't watched the whole series. I've, I'm, like, maybe, like, six franchise or six seasons in but you would think that like as they go along that they would be better at finding people but it seems like the last two seasons they've found like these monsters of men yes, and it's shocking to me yeah last season um gosh I forget his name um tall basketball player yes oh what my gosh, is I can't his name <laughs> Am- I know her name Amber Amber and oh, oh Matt Matt, yes, he was yeah. horrific. And then before that, the season before that, Luke. Luke. Oh, Luke was such a nightmare. He was awful. And so I'm nervous this season about Zach. So Zach okay. is the okay. one who seems really nice. He's, like, very handsome. Pastor Cal was saying, like, uh, he has these movie star looks. I don't know if she's going to be good enough for him. <laughs> exactly, yeah. So- yeah. I think this is, like, the best-looking cast so far, which makes me totally. nervous. Yeah. Because with the real world, like, when people stopped looking normal, it, it got – it really kind of, like, jumped the shark. Yes, because they're not – it's, like, more people who want to be in the limelight of the show versus people who are looking for love, potentially. Exactly. So let's just go through the people one by one. Um, I'm just going to start with, like, the people we saw first, which was Brandon – who I think looks like a really hot Carlton Banks. Uh, actually, that's so funny. I uh, He is very good looking. I actually thought he was like a better looking Kanye. Interesting. Oh, no, <laughs> Interesting. wait, Brandon. No, sorry. I was thinking of uh, Michael. 
Oh, Michael, no, no. Yeah, Brandon yeah. is the one with Taylor who's got all this That's hair. That's right, he has the eyes, He his smile. Okay, I'm with you. Brandon, he has, like, the longest, most beautiful eyelashes. He's gorgeous. He's so gorgeous. Yeah, okay, yeah. Brandon. <laughs> um, so like he's he counts himself as the life of the party he does not have a relationship with his father and he's been perpetually single he's mm-hmm. looking for like that white picket fence life um and yeah i i'm a little nervous about all of that he's the one he said that he was in a relationship with a dominatrix in the past did you hear that and so it made me yes. think like does he and, it's, and also because he was raised, like, exclusively by women, he said, too. Mm-hmm. Is he looking for, like, a, a bossy woman, like, someone who, to tell him what to do? It seems like it. That seems like, yeah, a little a little red flag-ish to me. I, I agree. Um, so he's matched with Taylor, who looks like early 2000s Beyonce to me. Yes, like, she's got but... a ton of weave. A lot of hair. Um, but she's really cute. She works a lot. She, she works three jobs. Yeah, she was. Uh, that's right. I wrote down she hustles a lot and she's always doing stuff. And so it made me like when the experts were talking about matching them, they said specifically like, oh, I think they they both work hard and blah blah blah. But what are we? I mean, she seems like she works a lot harder than him. But I maybe. Agree. I don't know. Does she seem like the kind of woman who would be okay with that? No. Yeah, so they're kind of like, they worry me like, um, what was the couple from maybe two things ago? It was like Christine, and she had the boyfriend, or the husband who, um, he like worked in, what was his name? Um, Keith. He like worked in field but he was like a mama's boy and he like didn't really clean after himself and you could tell that like she was trying to go to school well he sorry he was still in school but she was like kind of already in her career and like yes. wanting that life so I'm and worried about she that. just didn't think that yeah he was good and like ready enough to be right. with at her level which I mean I get because she's like a scientist right yeah um, she kind of reminded me of Iris, not with her virginity, but she's very, like, kind of bubbly. Yes, I agree. And energetic. Yeah, I really um, like her personality. Yeah, I do, too. I think I think she's got a good attitude. Um, so next is the guy that you mentioned, Zach, who is, like, a fitness fanatic. I think that's what they call him. They give these people these, like, quotes, <laughs> and he's the fitness fanatic. Yes. Um, to me, he's, like, that guy. He's, like total like I live in New York he's giving me Brooklyn like Williamsburg everywhere like I thought that they were going to match him with Jessica which we'll get to her but yeah because of his the fitness thing he is like it seems like a very important thing to him and they've talked about he taught he has talked about how important like in the past physical looks are to him which is always a red flag like I'm so worried he's gonna see um what's her name the girl he's matched Mindy and even she's not ugly but just be like oh I'm not attracted to her and then shut down even though he's trying to say like I want to be supportive I want to be open I don't I don't know I I agree and I feel like his his um, friends were kind of telling on him too like being like I don't know if he is going to be able to do this because he's like really um visual (laughs) we'll put it that way (laughs) 
Um, but he's like, yeah, he's like a fitness pro, I guess. He's like abs everywhere, tattoo sleeve. <laughs> he's got the Warby Parker, like cute hipster yeah. glasses. His hair is like coiffed. I mean, he does not look like somebody who would even know what Married at First Sight was. Like, uh, yeah, and he seems a little, even though overall, like the ages of season are a lot younger than they have been in the past. Um, he seems kind of old. Yeah. Yeah, he does. More, I guess more mature, which could be a good thing, especially because of who he was paired with, Mindy. Um, she is a little older, and she's had, I mean, she's been through a lot. Yeah, she's been through a lot. She's referred to as Miss Optimistic, and she's a figure skating coach. Um, we found out that, like, she has had, like, a pretty fucked up year. Like, her sister passed away from a drug overdose. She found out that she was pregnant the day after the funeral. Yeah. And ended up miscarrying not too long after. She doesn't really mention that relationship other than, like, a little bit later. She just says, like, it was a mess and, like, I don't anticipate ever hearing from him again. Right. Um, her parents are not really supportive, but she yeah. does And that's really sad. Yes, but it is sad. It's sad that she is, that her parents are, like, totally not into this. I mean, I think that's awful for a parent to not support your child's decisions. But on the positive side, we didn't see his family either. He was there having lunch with his friends. Very much like Matt, who yes. was like, oh, I don't really that's have true. a relationship with my family. So I don't know if that's like a good thing or a bad thing in this case. Because if she's trying to go into it without her parent support, and he doesn't have a close family either, are they going to lean on each other well? Or are they going to, you know, is that going to be a problem? Yeah, I, I don't know. Um, but Zach is for sure my number one cursed man on the show. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so far. <laughs> yeah, me too. I agree. He's my, he's my, <laughs> that's the funny cursed man. Yeah, he is mine too. <laughs> um, next, we're going to go with Derek. And he says he's never been in love. He came off as like, I'm just going to talk about my initial feelings because they did change. He came off as, like, really bro-y. Like, uh-huh. he's, like, the, you know, wearing Sperry's and khakis and, like, the salmon-colored polo shirt. Yes, like, he spent summers on Cape Cod or something. For sure. Like, I, you know, I, I spent a lot of time at the University of Georgia, and this is, like, giving me PTSD flashbacks. Oh, of, like, God, yes. being these frat bros on the lawn, probably calling me the n-word oh um, well <laughs> speaking of that kind of he said you know, they asked all of them like what about politics you live in dc and he's like uh i don't i try to avoid it like you this is why we're in the situation we're in yeah can't, uh anyway we don't it's just yeah you can tell he's that kind of like i don't give a shit about anybody until it's my turn you know for sure for sure but he seems um he seems to have, like, a close family, so I'm I'm excited about that. His mom lives in South America, so he's, like, you know, a, a Latinx gentleman, mm-hmm. halfway. <laughs> um, yeah, he seems, he, he seems like he's got a good family. His dad seemed a little bit skeptical, but we're, we're going to see where that goes. Mm-hmm. Um, next, so the lady that he got matched with is Katie and she's 25 and she's known as Miss Ready right now. Um, she's a child therapist. She has had type one diabetes for, I think she said 15 years. Yeah. Um, and she's like really ready to be married. 
partially because of the diabetes. She feels like um, she might have uh, some complications getting pregnant down the road. So, so like the easier, the better, basically. Yeah. Is what she, um, the earlier, the better. Um, she's really young. She's very young. Um, so here's the plot twist, and I appreciated it. Um, is that Katie basically says that, like she had a man that she just recently mm-hmm. broke up with and she's feeling very confused because when the guy basically like her whole dating life is like very early 20s typical dating guys that aren't really trying to commit to you yeah um, she says that like once he found out about her going through the process of being on the show that he kind of like changes tune was like telling her he loved her and was like ready to make this work so she's feeling very conflicted <laughs> about whether she should even get married uh that right there is a sign that you should not ma- that you should go forward with married at first sight and drop the other guy <laughs> and i feel like everybody was saying that but nobody was like telling her directly like yeah well maybe i mean i think maybe it, there was a part where her parents said like let this guy go but like um her mom yeah. said at the dress store, I think they were at the dress store, and then they did, like, the mom's interview, and she was like, you know, Katie just kind of makes up her own mind and does what she wants, and she won't listen to me if I try to tell her anything, so I just let her go. And I was like, <laughs> just step in and tell her to, like, see what will happen when, like, forget the other guy. He's obviously manipulating you. Right. Like, yeah. if, if your family knows you have somebody waiting in the wings, and they're excited for you to get married to a perfect stranger I feel like that's all the answer that you need (laughs) yeah and her family of all of them uh, were very supportive overall I um I thought her mom do you watch Dallas Real Housewives of Dallas no okay her mom for those of you who did sounds exactly like one of the cast members Deandra like I looked away from the tv and I was like what (laughs) like she sounds exactly like her it's it's jarring um, but yeah, I, I'm rooting for Miss Katie right now. I think she's going to be the most dramatic. Yes, agree. Um, the next we have Austin and I didn't really write anything about him other than he's, oh a my mom. God, they're both so boring. <laughs> so boring. I barely also took notes on either one of them because I, I wrote Austin's mom is a high alert red flag. Yes. And, and Jessica grandma. is so boring. <laughs> they really are. Um, so Jessica is known as the keeper because she claims her friends always say that she's a keeper. Yeah. Yeah, she's single. Okay. Um, she is really close with her sister. She's the one who has a twin, right? Yeah. She has a twin sister. They're very close. And she says that it's been an issue in the past. Um, but then we find out that her sister is actually the one who kind of like pushed her to do this. Yeah. Um, and Jessica says that she feels, like, left behind because her sister, Jennifer, is married and has a one-year-old, so she feels like she's not hitting the same milestones that her sister is. Yeah, it must be really hard when you're a twin. It's, it's gotta be, but it's also, like, I feel like her parents should have nipped that in the bud early, right? Like, Yeah, true, but I mean, it's, like, your whole life literally from the very beginning you're connected to somebody and so you just go through life like comparing yourself to them constantly especially when you're identical yeah or identical enough they look very much alike yeah <laughs> um 
But yeah, they're they're boring. Um, the next one or last couple is Mika. She's known as Miss Ambition, and she's, she's my like favorite. Very, really? Yeah, I really thought she was so cute. I like. Yeah, I liked her a lot. Really goal oriented. She kind of reminds me of. Um, oh my gosh, I gotta remember these people's names. <laughs> the couple from last year who ended up making it, the black couple. Oh, uh huh. Greg and um, Deanna. Greg and Deanna. Deanna. Yes, she kind of reminds me of Deanna. Like she's goal oriented. She's like got a plan mm-hmm. and all of that. <clears throat> um, and then she got matched with Michael, who yes. has also a kind of sad story. His mom died when yeah. he was really. Um, he was raised by his aunt, and he says nobody in his family has been married, so he would be the first one. I was shocked to hear that. That is wild. Just the, like, it, normally you hear that, like, oh, I'm the first one to graduate college. Not, right. I'm the first one to get married. <laughs> like, Even your grandparents, like, I'm. I want to know how far this goes back. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, I was, um, yeah, that was a shocker. But he's the one who I thought kind of looked like Kanye. Yes, he does. He does, for sure. Um, So, you know, the show has a lot of filler, a lot of things that aren't really worth talking about. But um, we have the next scene after we meet everybody is like a week before the wedding and they go dress and suit shopping, respectively. And they have Um, four suits for them to choose from and everyone shows the same navy suit. Navy, navy. (laughs) Except Michael, who chose the white, which was really nice looking on him. It, it did look nice on him. I will give him that. Um, the only thing that was really interesting about it is that Katie started crying. And this really introduced to me what I am now discovering is, like, one of my favorite tropes on TV, which is, like, women crying because they know that they're making a bad mistake <laughs> while, they're in, while they're trying on their wedding dresses. Like <laughs> That's so funny. She's not crying because she looks beautiful and feels like a bride. She's crying because no. she's making a huge mistake. I think this is bad. Um, Yeah, you see it a lot on 90 Day Fiance. Pretty much every woman is like, "Mm, I don't know if this is the right idea for me. Or maybe I should not date this guy who said he was rich and is not. But I'm still going to do it anyway. (laughs) (laughs) The dress is free, so I'm going for it. Um, Then the next big scene was the the women and men. So so they started in the last few seasons, like actual interaction between both like the men and women individually, but also like the couples. So they'll do like group dates and like the girls will go off on their own. The guys will go off on their own and do things. Um, so it's like bachelor and bachelorette party night. Um, the women are giving their friends lap dances, which That's I had so questions. <laughs> I never in my life have I heard that. <laughs> no. And she's like, Oh, Jessica boring is all weird about it. And she ends up giving her boss a lap dance, which is like, <laughs> I know. Why is your boss even there? And also, why, why are you dancing there? on your friends? <laughs> it, it didn't make any sense. Like, yeah, I don't know why the brides are the strippers in this in this situation. Yeah. Um, and then Katie, there, the girls seem to be getting along. Um, Katie says she pulls a couple she of the girls just their heart out. Yeah, and tells them, and you could tell that they were lit. <laughs> yeah. Um, she basically tells a couple of the girls about the situation with her ex, and they're like, mm, <laughs> good luck with that. <laughs> yeah. You should just do it. Um, and then the guys, really the only thing was, like, uh, Derek and Zach were kind of, like, talking shit about each other a little bit. Oh, um, yeah. Derek said something about, I don't, I don't know. I think I think Zach said something about Derek being, no. 
Derek said something about Zach being kind of like aloof and like cerebral, but also kind of dumb. (laughs) And then they all stand up and do the cheers. And that's when I realized what Zach's problem is, is that he's short. (laughs) Significantly shorter than all the other guys. And I was like, oh, there it is. (laughs) And Um, wait, that's why. Okay. No, that's why they didn't pair him with Jessica. I bet. Right. She's 5'11", and she's the one who likes to work out. And so I was like, There's, this is her, this is the one. But now knowing that he's short, they were like, no, we can't. We can't pair them. Can't do it. <laughs> um, then, uh, yeah, so we have, like, the first couple to get married are Katie and Derek. Um, Katie said that she had a nightmare the night before that she didn't like the husband and that she tried to run away. Yeah. She's crying during hair and makeup about making a potentially bad mistake. <laughs> um, she is crying in her dad's shoulder. She's crying at anybody who will look at her. She's very nervous about the whole thing. Did you think that she was going to say no or like not go through with it? No, I don't. They always do this, but I don't think anybody is going to say no. Yeah. I, at this moment because I think I just feel like they wouldn't put them on the show like I get that it's dramatic but I just feel like what's the point of saying oh we're gonna have five couples and then one of them is like oh nope just kidding <laughs> yeah I wonder if that's ever happened and they've like scrapped a couple where it was just yeah. like there's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with plush care PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. I, I would love Yeah. Um, then Zach is like really excited. He's super tall. His mom is really cute. They have a really nice conversation. She comes all the way from Uruguay to like, you know, be supportive of him. And I, I thought he had like a really nice family. Yeah. It's really, it, I love it when the family's like, can be there and very supportive and very sweet. Yeah. And Fear not, because as soon as Katie saw Zach, she was like, or excuse me, Derek, she was like, oh, hi. Yeah. <laughs> Never mind. I changed my mind. Yeah. <laughs> the look I'm, in her eyes was like, thank God. <laughs> it's so funny. It was I always great. think about when, um, in season one, so I don't know if you, it doesn't sound like you ever watched season one, but you might have heard about this throughout the years. When um, Jamie, I think Jamie, Jamie and Doug, and she was not attracted well she just was not attracted to him at all yes I've heard about this and she was like 
wanted to quit and like, I'm not into this. I made a mistake and then <sighs> stuck it out for whatever reason. But now they're like married and she has a baby on the way and they have another baby and they've been through a whole bunch of stuff together. It's pretty incredible how like giving it time and actually like giving someone some space to grow on you can work. Right. Yeah. Oh yeah. I've definitely seen these people before. Yes. So yeah, I could see why she would maybe not be. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he hasn't grown on me yet, but I'm so glad he's grown on her. <laughs> um, that's so funny. Um, but yeah, he, I think like was really sweet. He seems really open to the experiment, Derek. And um, am I saying this right? Is it Derek? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So he seems Zach really is the other one. Right. The other Zach... brown-haired white guy. Yes. <laughs> um, and Zach is the perfect name for him, so I should remember. Um, so yeah, they. He seems super open to the whole thing, and I, I was very surprised at like how excited he was to do this for like a 26-year-old man. Yeah. It's it was pretty like... interesting. And she was like, I think he really helped like disarm her. And I think she like, as soon as he like said three words, she was like, Oh, this is it for me. Yeah. (laughs) She was so horny for him and I can't blame her. (laughs) Yeah. He's pretty, I mean, he's pretty cute. All all the guys, honestly, the only one that I don't find attractive is Austin. Austin. I'm not into blonde guys. Sorry, Austin. And also his personality just, I can't. Yeah. So the whole thing. (laughs) Um, so the next one who got married are Brandon and Taylor, and we learn that Brandon struggles with anxiety, and that comes out a little bit. Yeah. But I feel like Taylor kind of made it worse. Like, he was awkward, but it's like, how could it not be awkward? It's just an awkward situation. Right. And I think she was being like, oh, he's an awkward guy, and kind of making it worse, and like... Mm-hmm. And just let him have a little space, like, have a little grace and be patient on this day. But on the other hand, like, I, I still stand strongly that you have to be, like, completely open. For sure. And it, that type of person. Like, if you're kind of an awkward person or socially, like, not sure you can just jump right into something like this, maybe, I, like, you're probably not the best person to do this experiment. I agree. I fully, fully agree with you. Um... Do you, so like initially, what are you, okay, we'll start, go back to Katie and Derek, out of five, how hopeful are you for them? This is a hard one, because the boyfriend, the other boyfriend, like, throws a huge wrench in them. Um, mm-hmm. I'm gonna say a, thir- a three, right in the middle for them, I'm really not sure. It could go, I think it could go either really great or really bad, I don't think they're gonna be like, uh, like a nothing kind of happens and they end up not liking each other in the end kind of like neil and uh samantha do you remember them i do not oh god he he she i don't know what season they were in but he uh jumped right in he was like really into her she was not as into him um and then they kind of like had a really great time the entire experiment and so by the end, she grew like she grew to really like him and maybe even love him. And he decided he wanted a divorce. Ooh. And so they just had like a very kind of non, just not, I don't know, not very exciting storyline. Like not a ton of stuff happened. And then in the end, she was heartbroken. And I felt really bad for her. 
so was that like a real surprise like iris with keith yes it was a surprise like, she was geez. shocked oh that's a bummer it was really sad to... <laughs> um so what are your thoughts on do you have any more thoughts on brandon and taylor um I think Brendan and Taylor, with time, could potentially. I don't know. I always, I always am like, I want them to be together. Right. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna give them like a two out of five. Okay. Yeah. I, I have. I, I'm, I'm worried that Brandon's not gonna be able to get his, put his guard down, let his guard down as much as yeah. Taylor feels like she needs him to. And it really won't be good because you have to, like, I'm going to say this a million times, you have to be vulnerable on this show. You have to be open. Yeah, I, I agree. And he's, like, kind of a smooth talker. Yes. Uh, what did she say? The, one of the experts was like, well, he, she called it swagger, which I think is, like, the blackmail equivalent of fierce. Right. <laughs> it's like, okay. But, I mean, I get what she said. He, he does seem like. I'm surprised that he felt so awkward, too, because he was really, like, I'm very social. I love to go out. I do, you know, I do a lot of stuff all the time. And then maybe he doesn't like her. He said he's a brand ambassador for beer, which seems like you would have to be very social. Yeah, maybe it's, maybe he doesn't like Taylor that much, and we just don't know that yet. Ooh, I hope so. Yeah. (laughs) Um, so the next couple that, or the, really the last couple that got married were Jessica and Austin. Um, Austin, sorry, mom, he looks like he can't fuck. Uh, or that all he, never mind, I don't want to say it. <laughs> <laughs> I, just, like I think he likes his mom too much. <laughs> and he really just wants to marry another mommy. It wouldn't shock me if, like, they practiced kissing back in the day. Oh, my God. This is going to be a good lesson for you about how not to treat your sons, I think. Oh, yeah. The, the <laughs> Even though, okay, I get why. So, in, in the interview stages, he was like, I really want to meet a nice girl who will be a good, you know, be good friends with my mom and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, okay, well, maybe he doesn't have any sisters and, like, he knows his mom maybe wanted a girl and never got one and wants to, like, you know, I get that because uh-huh. I'm not going to have a girl ever. So hopefully one day, if my boys want to marry a girl who I like, cool. But then he does have sisters. And I was like, okay, no, it's just not, it's not good. Yeah, I don't know what's going on with him. And, Honestly, during the vows, I I didn't even really pay attention because I realized what he looks like, and it's Napoleon Dynamite. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. That's so funny. He does look like that guy. He looks um, just like that guy. So funny. His friends were all... <laughs> the one thing I thought was cute about Austin was when they were picking out their tuxes, and he went with his friends, all his little friends, who look like they're, like, 14 years old, by the way, were yeah. like... You look at that hair. Yeah, they were all hyping him up and making him feel really good. Oh, I think that was actually really sweet. <laughs> it was it was a cute thing to say, but his hair is awful. Not and good. It's, it's not good. He and his mom have matching cowlicks. I noticed that when they were waiting to go outside. Oh, that's so funny. 
um so jessica this was so funny she was like my main concern is that i'm not going to be attracted to him i'm really into like dark hair and beards and like what if he's blonde and clean shaven (laughs) i really wonder like what she was thinking i know i can't wait to hear more about that because i feel like uh derek probably is more her type physically than austin and i feel like i mean he's way better looking in general so I don't blame her but hopefully if they like if they can click and like maybe like Jamie and Doug eventually she may grow to really love him despite his blonde hair yeah (laughs) I I was thinking that too like I think she might like if she keeps a good attitude about it like he seemed fine yeah and I think physically like they physically look like they match you know like they look similar which I think is that in general like a, a good sign yeah I agree I totally agree um so yeah they they seem to have like kind of good em- chemistry but I think um, I think I'm gonna give them like a two and a half out of five yeah I agree with that a two and a half out of five um how do you feel like about the decor it's always thought- so <laughs> generic it's not yeah it's like uh nothing that they they must have like a big warehouse that they pull stuff in for this show <laughs> right. I don't know that like anything's ever I haven't looked through like the season and seen anything the same but it's almost it's so impossible to pull a wedding together in like two weeks right that looks good yeah so they have like How- some pipe some pipe and drape and like Okay, and so I also am curious about, like, the timeline. Does somebody get married at 10 a.m., and then they have their wedding and reception, and then somebody else gets married at, like, 2 p.m., and then 5 p.m., and then 7 p.m.? Like, do they all share the same? Yeah, I I was wondering the same thing, too, like, because they certainly aren't getting married, like, yeah, I don't know how they do it. And they all get married in front of that fountain thing with the flowers in it. Is, and then those little, they had like these trees <laughs> these skinny little empty trees with like twinkle lights on them and at the bottom of the tree was like some extra fabric like carefully wrapped around the bottom it's like <laughs> Charlie Brown it's so not I don't like the decor Kara <laughs> yeah I was curious about that I'm like I wonder how Riley feels because she's like in this and knows the ins and outs of it yeah, I'm. I'm very. I don't think they do invitations at all because I think they just literally tell their friends like, "Hey, come, come, be here at this day and time. Hopefully, you can make it." Um, but the rest of it is still. I just not. You can tell it's thrown together. Totally, totally, a hundred percent. And yeah, I, I am gonna have to get the tea on like how they schedule these weddings. Yeah, it is really interesting for them to have, like, all the same location throughout the whole day are the receptions really short and they just you know like it's interesting because like the ceremony itself is obviously short because they don't know each other and another thing that I found weird is that they have the the officiants were the race of the couple like Uh you need to just have officiant for the black couple and the white officiant for the white couple like so weird and yeah and the black officiant also is wearing like this white dress. Yeah, it's like very kind of Catholic theatrical. Yeah, outfit. it's interesting. 
But the officiants were actually, I think they were different white guys. Oh, were they? (laughs) Yeah, so maybe they brought their own officiant. (laughs) Bring a white man. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So what are your thoughts about the season? Are you excited? I am excited. I think it's exciting. Well, I think they probably could have cut Jessica and Austin, and I may say that now and then regret it later. Right now I find them very boring, but we'll see. Um, yeah. And had like four couples. I am excited that there's going to be some variety and that the episodes are extra long. Um, yeah. And I do like it when they put all the couples together. And so uh, they do that one towards like the end um, where they all go on like a vacation together. Mm-hmm. I always love that. So I'm excited for like that 10 person vacation, whatever they do there. And then the, when they get together on the honeymoon and do activities together too. Um and I think all the different personalities are interesting. I mean, except Jessica and Austin. And um, overall, yeah, I'm excited. Um, what was I going to ask you? Oh, why do you think that they don't... Have they ever done an interracial couple? I actually was going to... That was on my list of, like, questions for Kara. No, I don't think they have. I don't think they have either. And I wonder why I that love, is. Yeah, I wonder if they tell them. Um, at the beginning because they talk about like what they find attractive and it, I mean they could say like I don't want to date a white guy or whatever um, right. but then Mika did say I feel like when she was talking to her family about him they were like I don't know if he's white or black or and Brandon I think said something similar too he was like I dated all kinds of girls I don't I would date a purple girl if she whatever right right um, and then also like I want them to do really bad like an LGBT com- like season Mm, yes I would love that they're just now introducing on the next season of before the 90 days their first same-sex couples two women and so excited about that why not I I mean it would be really cool to have a whole season of it um because I get I can understand why it's hard to like cast for that I mean maybe it's not hard and they should do it in any season I actually just found an article that they did with Pastor Cal who addresses, like, doing same-sex couples and interracial couples. Um, So he said, he said, one of the biggest problems we have on the show is when we're trying to find, when we're trying to match is finding black men who want black women. Um, And then he says, in the society, we've been affected by colorism. um, Yeah. And then he also says that the producers get a lot of requests for older, same-sex, and interracial couples on the show. He said with same-sex couples, he said it would be a logistical challenge, but that they're not opposed to it. And in regards to marrying an interracial couple, they've tried repeatedly, but haven't been able to do so because some who audition are more enthusiastic about the idea than others. Oh. He said, we've tried every season to do it, and it's very difficult because when it comes to black men and white women, we can find black men who want white women, but we can't find as many white women who want black men. Um, and then Maybe they need to go to the South. Maybe. You know what I mean? I mean, I know so many interracial couples. In, like, I'm from Texas, from Houston. And it's like, right. well, Houston especially is, like, such a diverse mix I can't think of the word like um culture I'm thinking like culture pot that's not right but you know yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) um, there's like 
it's just so many different people in Houston. And so, you know, so many different interracial couples of all kinds of races. Um, yeah. Maybe they should do a Married at First Sight Houston and it would have a bigger pool of people who would be open to it potentially. Um, I totally agree. Um, then they have a, a, an article about, just I was just thinking Tristan and, you know, the guy Tristan Thompson and Mia that were on and Mia got arrested like when they were going to oh, yeah. go. That's right. Um, she, he said, she's there was Houston. like drama. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and he said in an interview that I don't, I don't remember him saying this. I don't really prefer women that are darker than me. Oh, interesting. I don't him saying that. Gross. Um, I guess he said that on the show. Um, anyway, they're no longer together. I think he's engaged with somebody else or married to somebody else. But well, good. She was. She was a psycho. They both were, and they really tried to make him seem like he was, like, the normal one just, like, dealing with Mia, but, like, yeah, he was also really crazy. They were, yeah, they, I think it made it seem like she was way worse because she got freaking arrested at the airport, right? <laughs> which is, like, a, you know, when you can't get through TSA. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if, if it's for stalking, that's not really a good look, so I can't really side with Mia too much, but... <laughs> after that after she was released from customs I thought she was fine <laughs> yeah I actually kind of liked her I think she's with somebody else too um good for her okay so speaking of past married at first sight couples that you know that you've watched from your seasons do you have like a favorite person or couple that stayed together or any thoughts on like Ooh. okay um let me think about this a favorite couple I think probably Deanna and let's see forgetting his name already Greg (laughs) every time um just because I think they both went in it with good intentions um Mm -hmm. and I like Keith and Christine and I like um oh my gosh the couple that he's like doesn't really like Shanice and Jeffy oh yeah you know I really like them too I love Jeff T actually. And I, I feel bad saying that because he is not, he seems like just a really good person in his heart. Mm -hmm. And the reason I feel bad saying that is because I don't want to like Jeff T because I like Shawnee and I feel like he's not great to her. I mean, maybe by now he is, but on all the episodes, even like when they did that season with about the babies coming, Mm -hmm. um, it's just like, I love her because, she's carrying my child and it's like well yeah. is that it right <laughs> she's like you a really fun way, girl. she's really yeah. pretty she's really fun she has a great personality just like do you like her for her yeah. or do you like her because she gave you you know a baby but right I don't know um and also from that that spinoff season I really liked the couple from Chicago or were they from Philly Anthony and Ashley oh, uh-huh they're from Chicago. Really real, too. And they seem like a couple that's been together for a really long time. Hey, they seem very comfortable with each other. Yeah, which is great. What about you? What are the couples that you liked? Um, those are two good examples. I also, while I was watching the season, I didn't care a lot about, um, They also have a. They were also on the follow-up season about the babies. They were married a very short time. Yeah, Bobby and Danielle. Yes, yes. 
Yeah. Uh, so I follow her on Instagram. I don't know why. But <laughs> I like I, I like her better now. And I think they I think they just really clicked. And people were yeah. upset because like, oh, we never fight or whatever. And it's like that's okay. <laughs> like, why why are you mad about that? <laughs> yeah, and I think I think at this point, like, they've been through a lot. She had a really traumatic birth, actually, and she just talked about it uh, the other day. She just heard that their daughter's, like, almost a year old um, or maybe older. I feel like they had their babies before I had Kirk, so they must be almost a year old. Um, and she's never shared her birth story because it was too much for her to, like, kind of revisit that day and share it until very recently. And uh, I think when you go through something like that with, you know, your partner – it it's for better or worse like kind of bonds you together and uh like Mm -hmm. liz from feathers would say like trauma bond sure yeah so you do have a little bit of that but if you truly like love that person and you're in a mature relationship with them it can be a really like a a good thing you know like you he was there for her when she was going through this awful thing and now they still don't fight and they have a beautiful baby and they have you know whatever their life is they're happy. So I kind of like them and I liked how they turned out so far. Um, and then yeah. um, overall, my favorite person, even though they're not together, I really liked Keith from last season. Iris and mm-hmm. Keith, even though he's surpri- like it was a surprise to her, I just really liked him and I felt bad for him because he came out to be kind of like the villain. Yeah, I feel like he really got, like, I mean, and, you know, not that, like, being a virgin is a bad thing, but I feel like yeah. he kind of got the short end of the stick here. Yeah, like, and even, like, being, like you said, being a virgin isn't necessarily a bad thing, and I don't think it's a bad thing that Iris was, but, and I don't think Keith was saying that either. Right. And that's what everybody was upset about. It's like, so what if she's a virgin? You can't be patient? And he's like, I don't, it's not that. Like, I can be patient. I just want somebody who's mature when I don't say the word sex right and don't like accost me about how many condoms I have and call me basically a whore for having has for you (laughs) you haven't it's like I so I really thought he did get like you said the short end of the stick because he's he's so handsome oh my god he's like I think probably the best looking guy who's ever been on this Mm -hmm. whole show I would agree yeah he's so cute and he was so (laughs) nice and he worked with kids and uh, he just seems like a really good person and Iris honestly did too but I do I get she was just too immature for him and I think it was really hard for him to say that because it sounds hurtful yeah and I think like once when they were like doing that like oh tell me a secret and her secret was that she swallowed a coin yes I think that was the moment he was like you know what forget this I can't do this shit <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's like come on and they had to do that game where they were reading the little like kiss and then they choose another thing that's like lips or whatever, you know? Right. And she's like, no, no, you don't. It's like, come <laughs> on, Iris. Like, just, like, she was someone who was not open, was not, you know, I think she really liked Keith and wanted to grow with him, but she didn't let it happen in the six weeks or eight weeks or whatever it is. And it was, you're just too immature. You're not, like, you can't giggle when you guys talk about having sex or sexual things. And it's just not cute. We're not 13. Right, especially because it's not like she was, like, a virgin virgin. Like, she said she yeah. had done basically everything, but not that she wanted to talk about it, but, like... Or do it with Keith. Right, <laughs> which is really crazy. Yeah. Um, 
I think she was mistaken about how cool she thought she was about the whole thing. Yeah, I think so. I think she thought it would be easier for her and then it wasn't. And I, I feel, that also kind of made me feel bad for her because she's built this whole virginity thing up in her head 27 mm-hmm. years. And it's like, girl, I mean, it's not that big of a deal. Even her mom was like, girl. Just get rid of it. Like, just, yeah. Because <laughs> her mom can see. She has eyes. She can see Keith. that's so funny well Riley thank you so much for coming on thank you for having me you're welcome back anytime um maybe I'll have you back for like the end or maybe the middle we'll pop pop in (laughs) um do you want to tell people where you can where they can find you give them your business um I don't even know my Twitter handle. It, I think it's really, <laughs> really Riley Rose. If yeah. that works, you can find me there. So um, <laughs> that's where I'm the most active. Perfect. Well, thank you again. Give the boys a little hug for me. I will. Thanks, Kara. And you have a great weekend. All right. You too. I'll talk to you soon. All right. Bye. Bye. <laughs> On November 27th of 2017, the world was shocked to discover that Prince Henry Charles Albert David, commonly known as Prince Harry, was engaged to an American actress, Meghan Markle, a woman who by all accounts was the least expected choice because of her age, race, and previous marriage. Since then, the couple, mostly Meghan, has gone on to receive a slew of criticism from her relationships with sister-in-law Kate to her attitude. On January 8th, the couple announced that they would be taking a step back from their roles as senior members of the royal family and work to become financially independent. With me to discuss the shocking story is UK correspondent, fashion icon, and Kylie Minogue scholar, Jasmine Shorter. Jasmine, before we get started, I have to ask if my English accent falls under the spectrum of Madonna after her marriage to Guy Ritchie, Dorit from The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, or an actual British person. Well, you say that. I was actually a little confused then because I thought, oh, that sounds like Cara, but also it's British. Like, at first I thought you'd recorded some sort of, like, news item, like, genuinely. (laughs) So I think that was pretty impressive. You weren't quite at Madonna levels or Dorit. Oh, well, thank you. That's really all I've ever wanted to hear in life. Well, you know, very impressed. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you so much for coming on. Um, I think you would offer a good perspective for Americans to like, let us know what the temperature in the room is in England right now. Yeah, Um, I I think it's a bit of a mixed bag here. Like you do see some terrible things left, right and center, people just coming out of all sorts of rubbish. I just have really strong opinions about, like I'm just a massive fan. Like one thing I decided last night is that they're no longer Harry and Meghan to me. I'm going to start calling them Meghan and Harry. That's how strongly I feel. I love that. Um, so, first of all, I want to ask you, when you were growing up, were you more of a Harry or were you a William girl? I was always more of a Harry girl. And there is actually a little bit of a family connection there because I think it was Harry's girlfriend, Chelsea Davy, when he was going mm-hmm. out with her, went to a boarding school in my hometown. Ooh. And at one time, my sister was in one of our local pubs. And who turned up in the local pub but Chelsea and Harry? And oh um, he actually borrowed her lighter, then never gave it back. So, I mean, <laughs> that was it. We were absolutely swung in our family, you know, Team Harry. You know, running joke about how my sister could have been in Meg's shoes. Um, so, yeah, 
I mean, Harry's just much more impressive, I think. William's just always so dull. I think if you're in line to be, you know, your your whole purpose in life is that you've been raised to be the King of England. You just don't right. have as much leeway, do you? So, yeah, mm. he's just more straight-laced. I've always been more of a Harry kind. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this Allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. Interesting. Because, like, unfortunately, my first real, you know, memories of them were from their mom's funeral. So, like, I just remember, like, William being, like, I feel like he was so cute to me. And I did not see the vision with Harry, but I get it now. No, I just never was particularly impressed by William. I never, he was never my cup of tea. Just always mm-hmm. found him a bit boring. Whereas yeah. Harry always had a bit of a, a wild side. Um, right. I mean, I know for a fact a good friend of mine that I used to work with, um, she is a lot posher than I am. And um, she just would move in those sorts of circles. And mm-hmm. she told me a story once that she got seated at a dinner party next to Harry. And it was some sort of fancy dress. I can't remember the exact theme of it. But anyway, he had this like ornamental like sword as part of his costume. And um, mm-hmm. as he said to her, I think he'd stolen it from Windsor Castle. Or borrowed it. He'd obviously got security or whatever to help him out. And he was saying to my friend, oh, I'm going to be in so much trouble if my nan finds out. <laughs> Which is just, you know, hearing <laughs> little stories like that means that's my kind of guy. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's really, that's so cute. And I wonder, like, how accessible they are. I, mean, I guess more hairy. Like, I guess if you are, like, pretty posh, you must see him pretty often and it's, like, not that big a deal. Yeah, I mean, you know, there's just two little snippets there. So it's kind of, I personally have never seen Harry, but sort of hearing those sort of personal little anecdotes of, um, you know, he was just in like a, I mean, it was quite a posh pub back home. It's not like he was in a Weatherspoons, which you probably don't even know what that means, do you, in America? But that would be sort of a very sort of working class, like very cheap pub. Right, right, right. An upmarket one. But, you know, he was just in there, just like a regular punter. He had the baseball cap on, I remember my sister saying. And he clearly had security with him, but it wasn't obvious. But mm. he was just in there apparently drinking tequila. So, you know. Um, my kind of guy. Yeah. <laughs> so what do you think, like, what are the percentage of people that genuinely dislike Megan in the UK? Because it seems like from here, it seems like a lot. The interesting thing was I was reading a YouGov poll earlier, which is sort of, 
it's like do you have YouGov in America is that a British thing I'm not sure it's a British it, thing it's kind of a government run they would run sort of polling you know particularly if it's like election time and stuff they right, would do polling okay. and all sorts of, and I was reading a poll yesterday which surprised me I mean I don't read tabloid newspapers but if I was say at my mum's house you'd see them in the shops and you'd see all the headlines it's all absolute garbage on them um, right. so you would assume from seeing those sorts of things that she's massively unpopular but mm-hmm. from the, the statistics I saw yesterday, said that 45% of people support Megan. And I think it was 20-something percent of people actively dislike Megan. And it was, I think, the other percentage, it was 20-something were neutral and a very small percentage didn't know who she was, which oh, is a bit, thing. <laughs> you know, not everyone can be as intelligent as you and I, Cara. <laughs> Uh, that's interesting. Okay, here's another question that I've always wondered. Um, do you think that it's fair to say that Meghan was as calculated in marrying Harry as Kate was with William? Because I always got the impression that, like, Kate did basically everything she could possibly do to, like, remain in this relationship with William. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I mean, I think people have very short memories. She was known as Weighty Katie at the time, is how she used to be referred to over here. Because she literally, you know, was just like hanging around, like waiting. I think they even split up for a while and she was still hanging around, just obviously waiting um, to get a ring on her finger. So I just think it's laughable that people could say that, um, you know, that just have such different views of people, whereas Megan's always worked, she's always supported herself, she's had a career, you know, she's done her own things. She obviously knew herself, but you just do know yourself better when you're in your 30s and you've had life experience to if you, you know, latched on to your boyfriend from university and then just determined to sort of make that your life. So exactly. to me, it's just a no-brainer that someone... I mean, that's the other thing as well. Like, we don't actually know these people. All we can go on is sort of anecdotal stories, what we see out there in the press. So it's just for people to come to such strong views when we don't actually know these people is absolutely insane to me. To me, we can only, you can only really go on facts. And the facts to me make it very clear that I just don't see Megan as that sort of person. I don't see her as a gold digger. Like, she has her own money, very successful career. So why would she need to be latching on to somebody I'm sure she could have made a lot more money as an actress I mean obviously you'd get to live in the sort of palaces and stuff I guess you wouldn't get to do that if you were right. an <laughs> but yeah no, but it's, it's like on the same career. on the same note it's like do you guys think that Harry's stupid like he should know more than anybody who is you know like sincere or not yeah absolutely and again sort of William's only really um you know his only sort of public serious girlfriend that I'm aware of is was Kate was Harry's had several long-term relationships you know he you know has more experience in that area so I think of course he knows his own mind like he just seems like the sort of person that um you know has always sort of stood up for himself and what he's passionate about rather than just towing the line so I mean what who are we to like judge and think that we know better than he does I think it's ridiculous right Yeah, I agree. Totally agree. Um, So a lot of people reacting, I think, in American Twitter and maybe British Twitter, too. You you um, recently went viral for a um, a (laughs) tweet about um, what you've seen in like Lady Diana Facebook groups. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Do you think that this is sort of like Diana's revenge? I don't know. I suppose in a way, I mean, it does really fascinate me. I mean, the whole thing about Princess Diana is just absolutely mad, even now, all these years on. 
over Christmas, the film The Queen was on television and my mum and I were watching it and just reminiscing about those times. It was just absolutely insane that that happened and that was a thing. Um, but I think that she was such a massive influence on her son's lives and she had a very certain idea in mind of how she wanted them to be raised that right. wasn't in line with sort of royal tradition and, you know, uh, taking them to meet sort of people suffering with AIDS. I mean, that was massively shocking in the early 90s, mm -hmm. um, and, you know, just her living her best life. So I think that definitely that has had an influence and it certainly, I think, to the aftermath, it was such a huge thing. Um, you know, I think that's probably as close as we ever came to sort of in my lifetime to a crisis of our monarchy um, back right. after Diana's death and sort of all that that sort of threw up. That um, yeah, I think that it has to have an influence. And um, so absolutely, I think that that is it. I think if she were alive today, she would be really proud of how her son has turned out that he is able to make stand up for himself and not just toe the line and follow his heart I mean who wouldn't be pleased with that as a parent yes I agree um yeah yeah and I think do you think that this is like going to be a good choice for the royal family overall like do you think that people are going to get over it like is this like a huge deal because he's not William yeah I mean I think that people are making a bigger deal out of it than what it is I mean people have worked in the royal family before they are not the first people to do this I mean even amongst the queen's children I mean uh, how they sort of have all the different sort of pockets of the queen's children that have had different ways in which they have chosen to raise their children for example right. none of princess Anne's kids have ever had royal titles she decided that she didn't want that she didn't want them to be princesses and a prince and princess so I mean they are just regular people again sort of they live in my hometown so they would be often seen sort of shopping and you know in um, arcades and stuff so it's just they were never raised with royal titles they have always worked they've always supported themselves I mean princess Anne and her daughter Zara both um, competed in the Olympics and you know, mm. so there have been different ways paths that the royals have gone down. I mean, both Princess Beatrix and Eugenie, I mean, they both work for a living, even though they have royal titles. So right. why should it be so different for Harry? Like, that's how he chooses to live his life. And it seems that he's determined that he wants to strike a balance from what they've said thus far between respecting tradition and also sort of having their own pathway. So I don't see what's wrong with that. People moan if they are seen as like a drain on our resources and they aren't still contributing. And then they moan if they try and do something different. I think, you know, you can't have it always. Yeah, I agree. Because I, I just read an article before this that said, like, obviously, you know, in their effort to, like, you know, like, becoming financially independent is not going to be difficult for them. No. Like, people are going to throw money at them to like do speaking and all, but then they also raise a point of like, well, should they be doing that? Because basically they're kind of like taking their roles as Royals and like, you know, capitalizing off of that in a different way. And it's like, well, what do you guys want? Yeah. <laughs> what do you want to do? <laughs> I mean, it seems to me that, cause I was going through when they announced their website last week. I mean, that was a huge thing. I think a lot of us Brits never really, it's, quite unclear sort of how the royal family is actually funded and that's the first time that graphic I don't know if anyone else has seen it on their website when you click on the funding tab and it's so clear like explaining at the moment how they get the funding and how it all works and um how they are sort of hoping that it's sort of going to work going forward so mm -hmm. I mean I just think they're being really transparent and all over their website it makes it very clear about 
the differences between sort of them working with charities and also them being patrons of charities. Um, and obviously yeah. how it works is there are sort of royal patrons for most of our charities here in the UK. They sort of have a royal stamp of approval. So they yeah. already work as patrons with charities that they have an interest in. For example, like Megan was sort of past um, uh, the National Theatre, um, which was one that the Queen mm. had looked after for many years, because obviously the Queen, actually ageing, has been sort of passing them down to her descendants. So, I mean, they have one that they have a real interest in, and it's clear on that they have no intention they're going to fulfil all their requirements and continue sort of helping out with all of that. Whereas also it sounds as well they're going to be starting up some kind of their own charitable endeavour, but it's not mm -hmm. too clear exactly how that will work yet. Right. Um, yeah, so um, I don't think that it's going to be... A massive issue I don't really see it as a conflict of interest I just see it as a interesting way um, of you know shaking the monarchy into the the new century yeah I agree I fully agree um, so I asked you this personally a few months ago but I want to circle back like where are you landing on William having cheated on Kate recently so think this is an interesting one because how the press works over here is that really hasn't been reported in our media over here right um, that we have some of the strictest like libel rules in the world so right. i know that if you were for example like my sister is from new zealand so if i speak to her relatives about sort of the press that they get over there and what's in all their magazines it's absolutely insane and again sort of i lived in america for a while and sort of seeing what you would have in your sort of national Enquirer and all of these types of magazines it just wouldn't happen over here because you would mm -hmm. be sued um so honestly it's not really made it's only been sort of rumblings i've really only seen about that on twitter which does always make you think sort of what's the validity of this is it just rumors so right. i'm really not not sure i mean nobody actually knows do they it is all rumors but i mean it wouldn't surprise me um because yeah, just, probably... that's how the rules have always operated <laughs> Well, right. I, that's what I was talking to somebody, maybe it was my mom or somebody, and they were saying like, you know, considering what his father did, you think he would be a little bit cleaner. I'm like, but we don't play by the same rules. Like, I'm sure that's a very common thing. And like, it's really not that big a deal. Yeah, I mean, like, it, it, traditionally, the royal family have always like the male members have always taken mistresses, you know, look at Henry VIII. I mean, he married most of them. <laughs> it's kind of how we, we've always operated. Um, yeah. I really get a sense, and I don't know if this is just me projecting my own feelings onto it, like who knows, because no one actually knows the truth, is that it seems that Harry being younger, I think he was probably affected by his parents' divorce and sort of the cheating and stuff probably more than his older brother is the vibe that I would get. Um, right. And it seems like I know for me personally, like my parents went through a similar thing and then it's made my feelings towards that sort of behavior. I just, I just see it as such a negative thing. Like, um, you know, it's just a no go area for me. So right. I wouldn't be surprised, say, if William had been involved in that sort of scandal and Harry was aware of it. Um, you know, if that were my sibling, I would be really pissed off with them and it would make me want to distance myself from them because it wouldn't fit with my moral compass. Um, but again, who knows? I think everyone is guilty of just projecting their own feelings onto something because I don't think we'll ever know like the full dynamics of what the royal family think and what their motivations are. It's all sort of based on rumour and um, what they want, you know, little snippets that are put out there that they want us to see and damage control. And, you know, I mean, I suppose the, the interesting thing recently for me was the whole princess, prince, princess, prince Andrew debacle. I mean, right. that television interview, what an absolute car crash. But 
it's sort of to me it's like I've never seen anything like that in recent years where a senior member of the royal family has just had like a you know such a no hole barred sort of interview on sort of mm-hmm. uh, mainstream television I mean you know, back in the 90s we had sort of Princess Diana she was no longer a member of the royal family when she did all these panorama interviews and um, you know was able then she was free to like give her thoughts but I can't think of another example where an actual member of the royal family has like been that open about things and obviously it didn't work out well it was an absolute car crash and made things worse right. so yeah I mean it's it is difficult to to really know the motivations of people like that when they are so private. But it's interesting, like, with the Prince Andrew and Jeffrey Epstein stuff, like, it didn't really, I didn't really get the impression that the royals were, like, being as serious about it as maybe they should be. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah, to me, it's, like, absolutely abhorrent. And the fact that poor Megan gets all of this abuse and Twitter trolling and all this terrible stuff you see, when bearing in mind he has been affiliating himself with actual paedophiles, like it doesn't right. get lower than that. And it's kind of, what has she actually done? She hasn't done anything. Like, I don't think you can see it. I mean, I'm not a person of colour, so it, I don't think that I can speak on behalf of, uh, you know, people who aren't myself. But to me, it just seems like, what other reason is there apart from racism and fear of the unknown? I think that she gets so much flack and that must be the reason for it I can't see any other reason people say oh I think she's manipulative um I don't um you know she seems shady to me I think that you know she was so quick to like split up her own family and now she's splitting up his family it's just absolute madness Mm. (laughs) yeah I mean there definitely seems to be like a racial element to it do you also think it's like that she's American too um, I mean, we haven't had that many Americans in our royal family. Um, yeah. And to be sort of marrying into European countries, if anywhere. I mean, obviously, I think the last example I can think of would be, obviously, which didn't go so well, um, was Edward and Mrs. Simpson. Obviously, had to um, became the, the Duke of Windsor. Um, oh, right. Had to abdicate the throne over it. There was such a yeah. scandal. A, she was a divorcee. Um, and at the time, you couldn't be the monarch and be married to a divorcee. It just wasn't feasible. Because don't forget as well here, it's not just you're the head of state if you're the king or the queen. You're also head of the Church of England. And that's where a lot of the issues come in. Again, that you know goes back to Henry VIII. It was his fault. And he just decided to set up his own church so that he could split from Catholicism so that he could marry his second wife. The whole thing is quite nuts if you think about it. it yeah. So, yeah, I mean, that's the only other example. I know there were a few comments in the press and stuff around the time of their engagement being, you know, because obviously Megan is a divorcee as well. And it's kind of some of the comments they were saying, oh, how things have changed, you know, marrying for love. And, you know, that wouldn't have happened 50 years ago. Right. Um, but to me, it's just it's the modern world, isn't it? Like, yeah, it's kind of expected. Diana was so young when she married Prince Charles, like. I believe that she was a virgin from what you read. And that was the thing that was seen, you know, if you're a princess and you're marrying, you know, a prince, that's the expectation. But society has moved on so much. Like, that's just never going to happen in this day and age. Right. Mm. Well, this is very fascinating. I just have one last question for you. Cool. Um, What year did Prince Philip die? And when are you guys going to finally admit that he's just walking around here dead? (laughs) (laughs) Um... I'm not sure, like, I, yeah, 
it's impossible to say isn't it he does seem to be aging more and more though so if he is like a walking corpse what are they doing is it a waxwork are they adding more wrinkles each year is it a robot I, mean, I really don't know <laughs> i am fascinated every time i see a picture of him i'm like wow what is going on yeah i mean he does look so haggard i mean someone <laughs> follow on twitter like put him through is it face that, what's that face app that you can oh, yeah, yeah. young or old on it and they put him through that to look like a teenager yeah. and that was making me laugh for about 20 minutes because it just it was looks so, funny. so ridiculous you know the picture <laughs> of him slumped in the car coming out of hospital right <laughs> that was really really funny I saw that too yeah. uh, well thank you so much for coming on here um do you want to tell people where you they can find you yeah, sure. So um, my handle on most of my social media accounts is at Lady Jasmana. Um, but also, if you are interested in Cavalier King Charles Spaniels, I do run the yes. very popular um, young man called Rocky da Costa. And you can find him on Rocky underscore da underscore Costa. He's so cute. He is an absolute angel. <laughs> well thank you so much enjoy the masked singer and i will talk to you soon yeah i mean it's all new you've had that in america for ages haven't you so yeah yeah, yeah it's only week two here so looking forward to that oh um, yeah, thank you very much for letting me share my opinions on the royal families and if you ever need any more insights from the world of britain please contact me absolutely you'll be the first one i talk to <laughs> <laughs> bye girl bye you guys as in the past few weeks, I've just been feeling really good about this podcast and I had a lot of fun and I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. If you did, please leave me a five-star review. If you didn't, please don't leave me a review. <laughs> if you intend on bullying me, please just do it directly to me. Thank you because I already know who you are. That's a little um, re uh, subtweet from me to you. Thank you. So anyways, for those of you that have been supportive, I love you so much. Thank you for listening. <laughs> Sorry for being petty. No, I'm not. Thank me for speaking. I love you guys. Goodbye.